Last week, our pastor preached an amazing message. What, the idea that stood out to me the most was his idea on distance. Someone say distance. If you're over there and, and what you want is over here, that gap is the ability for God to do something great in your life. And, and, and today, I want to kind of talk on another idea. We're in a propel series, right? Propel means to push or pull into a forward motion. Um, we're excited for this series because it's, it's actually the vision of the year is that God is going to propel us in multiple areas that we've been praying for, that we've been waiting for. So this series has been uh, a collection of ideas that can help you take the next big step, that can help you uh, take one step into your destiny. Has this series been blessing anybody in the room? I don't know about you, but my notes are full. <laughs> so you go, go ahead and open up your Bibles and open up your notes. Man, it's always good to take notes. We have a podcast. You can just search up New Birth, A Place of Hope, and you'll, you'll hear audibly all of our sermons, Spanish and English service. Um, but today, just go ahead and take notes. It, it helps you throughout the week remember um, and go back to it. I, I like to say this to the, to the young adults. Whenever someone mentions a verse, man, go home and read the chapter, right? Like, just, you got all week. You got seven days to be back up in here. So go ahead and get some context. Um, by the way, just a quick little celebration. Uh, my name is John Mejia. I'm the young adult pastor here and youth. Uh, my brother, Jonathan Mejia, it was his birthday last week. Um, and he's also a youth pastor here for Kissimmee Campus. If you didn't know, come on. Happy birthday. If you didn't know what goes on in the middle of the week, on Tuesday nights we have a young adult service, which in February we're going to two services. Hello. Uh, and then we have Wednesday night our youth service, middle school, high school only. This week, we had the most youth and young adults ever gathered in two services since the beginning of our ministry. We had 166 youth, and we had 187 young adults. This is insane. And I could cry right now. I really could. Because I remember four years ago, we started with 34 young people in the Hope Center with nine leaders. And today, we have hundreds of leaders and hundreds of students and and you come Wednesday, and you can honestly cry. It's students serving students. It's like, this is amazing. Um, and then Young Adult Night is pretty awesome. We get people, young adults from all walks of life. Young adults who work Sundays. If they didn't have Tuesday, they wouldn't have anything. Um, so we're excited about what God's doing within our young adult and youth ministry. Um, so I want to get ready to preach. My idea tonight is based off of the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And then I'm going to read uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. So just to start off, I'm going to just brush through these verses and we'll get to preaching. It says in the book of Matthew, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, it says, come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Maybe in your Bible it's actually red, right? The red sometimes is the word of Jesus. It's like literally his words. There's so much power in the words of Jesus, right? Anybody agree with that? The Bible says there's, there's power, there's life and death. It's the power of the tongue, like what you say, what you declare. So we're going to read this together. It says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. 
I want you to write the title of my message, and then we'll pray over the reading of God's word and the preaching of God's word. The title of my message today is Lay Off Every Weight. You can write that at the top. You can underline and start. Lay off every weight. Why don't you right there, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for every first-time guest in here. I want to let you know we're a church for you. We love you. Our, our, our goal today, our, our actual, like, mission is that you would join the family of Jesus. That you would say, Jesus, you know what, I, I receive your message and I bow my knee to you and I pray the salvation prayer. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of this message to connect to Jesus and ultimately is to connect to the church of Jesus. Jesus loves the church uh, like a bride loves his groom and, and this is exactly what God has led you to. Yeah, and a person invited you, but God used that person. Yeah, you saw a sign and you probably saw a post, but but God reeled you in today, and he wants to let you know this is your moment of salvation. For anyone in here that comes every week and you're a, a member of the church, I hope today's message encourages you to lay off every weight. Jesus has peace and rest for all those who come. So let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you because, God, in the room is not only us saints. We also have sinners and skeptics. And, God, we are a church for each and every person in here. God, you love all people. You died for all people. In Romans, it says that even while we were still sinners, you loved us and paid the price for us. So, God, we pray in this place that your word be spoken. God, we pray in this place that your spirit convicts and leads and pushes. And, God, we pray that your will be done in this place. Come on, everybody says. Come on, everybody says. Amen. Lay off every weight. Here's the thing. Here's my first idea. Listen, propelling further involves us taking off the weight that holds us back. Propelling this year into what God's calling you to do requires of you. There's something that Jesus requires from you. There's something that Jesus requires of you. He not only says to come to me, but he says, listen, I know you're weary and burdened. I know you've got some things on you, so don't just come to me, but lay these things at my feet. Lay these things down. Propelling further involves you and I taking things off and putting on the right things. You see, some of us in here, we struggle with what we read in Hebrews. It says, especially the sin. Let's lay away the weight, especially the sin that so easily trips us. Right? There's big sins and small sins. No, all sins are sins. Can I get an amen? But here's the thing. There are sins that you do that no one else does. There are sins that someone else is doing that you don't do. And here's the idea. Sometimes we judge people because they sin differently. Sometimes, you know, and I'm not talking about someone who's walking in the call of God, someone who is walking in the mission and purpose of God. I'm talking about someone who's probably, you know, got the wrong idea of what this thing is. You got the wrong, I had someone ask me, do I have to ask for, for, for uh, forgiveness every time I sin? And I'm like, dude, you got to get the gospel. We walk in this thing called repentance every single day. This is my posture. This is my, this is my form of worship. God, I love you. I, I hear Christians even say, God, forgive me for the sins. I don't even know I committed. Forgive me. Because your grace is new every single morning. But sometimes, here's a weight. Here's weight. You thinking that you don't have to get right with the Lord. That becomes a weight. Why? Because you're trying to help people with broken hands. You're trying to heal people while you're still sick. You need saving. I say this all the time. I got saved a couple years ago, but every day I'm being saved. Every single day. I wake up, God, your, word, your mercy is new every morning. 
and you wipe me clean as snow. But sometimes bad theology and bad thinking can be a weight on our shoulders. There's a weight to that. And Jesus says, listen, I know you have weight because you're weary. You're burdened. Let's throw up the 28. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I have rest for you if you're walking around with pride, if you're walking around with bitterness, if you're walking around with unforgiveness, if you're walking around just easily slipping up on the things that you know that the, con the conviction of the spirit, he's tapping you on the shoulder, saying, listen, mama, papa, you got a better life ahead of you. That's conviction, right? When the Holy Spirit says, listen, you know you shouldn't be doing this. God's called you to way greater. Why are you settling with pig food like the prodigal son story when you've got a kingdom that awaits you, a father that loves you? Why settle? Why settle? Why be weary? Why be burdened when God is calling us to complete rest, to joy everlasting? I love how Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. I showed up to earth, I did the sacrifice, I died on a Friday and I rose on a Sunday that all who believe in me and confess will rise out of their graves too. But you got to come to me. I showed up. Now you have to come to me. He says, lay off these things, lay off the weight. Here's my goal tonight, my prayer really is that the Holy Spirit, each and every one of us, maybe some of you already, Holy Spirit's been giving you stuff to lay down, giving you things situations, probably even circles you're in that you know are derailing your life. Here's how you know it to derail your life. What if everyone in the church did it? <laughs> it is just, it'd be a mess. And there's things in our lives that God's saying, listen, for you to get to the next level, for you to propel, it's not always adding some stuff. Sometimes it's taking some things off. For you to go to the next level this year, for you to propel my purpose and calling over your life, and propelling to rest and to peace and to joy. It's not always adding more salt. Sometimes it's a little less salt. Sometimes it's cutting some seasoning out. You know what I'm saying? I'm cooking a lot more now. And I know a steak just needs some salt and pepper. So you better stop. Just saying that. It's not always adding. Sometimes it's cutting off. Here's the, I love this picture of a rocket. Um, Elon Musk has like droid spaceships. But we're just going to stay with this one, right? So, so a rocket, right? Before it pierces the atmosphere, it's got these boosters. Like, you need those boosters. If you've seen it take off, right, like blast off, you need those things. That's what creates all the smoke, creates all the fire, and it just bursts, and it pushes, it propels the spaceship, and the spaceship gets to a certain altitude. It gets to a certain moment when it's going to pierce the atmosphere that the spaceship actually detaches the boosters because literally what got the spaceship to that point cannot go with it to the next one. And I love this image. It's literally the point when the spaceship was like, listen, you were good for me for a moment. If not for you, I wouldn't be here. If not for you, I wouldn't be mature. If not for you, I wouldn't have grown. If not for you, I wouldn't have made it here. If it's not for you, I wouldn't have propelled or even got to this place. But to get into the new, to step into the new, to go to a place I've never been before, I may have to try to do something I've never done before. And I, yes, you were good to me. Yes, you taught me some things. Yes, I, I used to like that. And I used to do that. And that was usually the, the story of my life, but to get where God is calling me to, I need to let you go. 
My next idea is this. What got me here won't get me there. If you could talk to that spaceship. How, how you doing, buddy? You doing good? Flying all over the galaxies. How'd you get to where you're at? I'll tell you this much. What got me here won't get me there. And, and, and keep the picture back up. We see those boosters always as something positive. Can I encourage you? In the life of Christ, even the negative things can lift you up. Can I be real? Because we think the Bible doesn't talk about these things when David's literally praying for his enemy's teeth to be smashed in. Like there's stuff that literally propels you positively and even the negative things still lift you up. I don't know about you, but it's like the bad moments in my life. It's like the terrible moments in, the, in my life. It's like the destructive moments in my life that I could either run away from God or those things just bring me back on my knees. And it's getting me to this place where I'm like, God, if it wasn't for this, I wouldn't even be praying. Because if I'm real, I'm comfortable. And sometimes it got allows things to happen to get us back on our knees. It's sad that sometimes that has to be the way. But to you and I, listen, it's sometimes hard to just continually be desperate for God, even when things are going good. So God allows a wrench to be thrown in. He allows something to happen, and he says, let it go and come after me. It's not only the negative things that push you up. It's the positive things, too. Here's my next idea. Listen, it may have been okay for a season. That thing we're letting go. It may have been okay for a season and for a reason. But if you don't let go, it'll derail your life. Those friends, those were okay for when you came to Jesus. But if you want to grow in God, you can't be the smartest person in your group. You can't be the most desperate person in your group. You know that. You know that. If you're the one... Most on fire in your group, you need to get a new group. Because you always go back to those that are around you. It may have been okay for a season and for a reason. But if you don't let go, it will derail your life. Yeah, okay, you used to do that. All right, but you met Jesus now. Okay, we used to handle pain that way, indulging in things that try to escape. And All right, cool, but you met Jesus now. So how you handle pain then is not how you do it now. Okay, yeah, we used to, we used to gossip about people who, who did bad things to us. But, but you've met Jesus now. So, so what got you here won't get you there. And sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes imagine a spaceship without never releasing those boosters. He'd probably get caught in an orbit and do circles around the earth. Boosting into stagnation. Instead of actually going to where God calls us to go. Letting go. Letting go. I mean, I was with a baby last night. I was with, uh, with Chris's baby, Norris. She's so beautiful. Um, our worship uh, leader, he had a baby recently. So I'm hanging out with her, and then they start feeding her milk. And I'm like, see, you see, like, baby food's pretty cute, right? Baby food's goo-goo-ga-ga. Like, you ever seen a baby get messy? Some of y'all like that. My baby's not going to be messy. My baby's not going to be those messy babies. I don't know. I just, like, wipe that thing. Come on, stop it. You're so cute. I don't know about you, I like the smell of the baby's head. Anybody else? 15 weird people, cool. It's the best smell in the world. Get next to the baby and just stick your nose right on the back of their head. And you'll be like, this is what he was talking about. This is the best smell in the world. (laughs) 
just looking at a baby, so cute. You got the, you know, they always ate a bunch of chili and a bunch of chili all over. You know, they got the baby food. You know what would be disturbing? If that baby grows up 20 years and she's still on baby food. Wipe that grown woman's face. Get a job. <laughs> Take off those papers. <laughs> no one trained her how to go to the bathroom. Are you kidding me? Something for a season is okay, but once you grow up, it's not okay anymore. Paul, he talks about this in the, in the New Testament to the church of Corinth. He said, listen, y'all. Come here. Come on, church. Corinth. Yeah, we got Christian uh, prostitutes here. We have... Uh, we have Christian uh, just the slanders and, and Christian alcoholics. And everybody come here. Come here, guys. Come here. Listen, so I want to feed you real food, but you can't handle the milk I'm even giving you. Strip off those things. Let them go. You're not babies anymore. That's the context of Corinthians. One of the most challenging books in the Bible, First and Second Corinthians. Read it if you're new to church. And, and he's just telling them, listen. What was good for a season and what was good for a reason, you got to let those things go. Because it will eventually derail your life. There's growth in Jesus. There's growth in Jesus. And Jesus, he simplifies it. In verse 28, he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, that I will give you rest. Here's a reality of life. Is that some of us in here, sometimes you and I, we tend to be okay with being weary and burdened. Like, we're, we're okay with the struggle sometimes. We're okay with it. I'm still alive. I'm here. But you're still not where God called you to go. But, but sometimes we get okay with it. We're just okay with not sleeping in the night. We're just okay of walking around with the spiritual cancer. We're just okay with it. We're okay with it. And God will reach over all these things, but you're still in the same, it's been three years, you're in the same place. Here's my question, and here's Jesus' question, I believe, when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, is this, are you desperate for rest? Or are you okay with spiritual insomnia? Are you, do you really want to be delivered? Do you really want me? Do you really want this peace I got to offer? Do you really want my peace? Do you really want it? I was in my honeymoon um, last October. Shout out to honeymoons. All right. We were in a place, we were all the way across the world in a beautiful place. I remember we were in an elephant sanctuary feeding elephants. It was just like, what? And I saw another couple who just recently married in their honeymoon as well. And I tend to, I just call eyes to them, right? Just, they were a little loud. I'm not even going to lie. They were a little loud. Okay, so if you don't like loud people, it's because that's you. <laughs> okay. Ooh, sorry, too much. Okay, anyways, tough crowd. So I'm looking at the couple, and they're literally just, like, going into it. Again, we're in the, across the world, beautiful place, feeding elephants. Like, how more bliss can it get? And yet, this couple found an argument. And it's not like it was like an argument. It was like, 
You know what I'm saying? The ones that you do a double take, you be like, oh, God, oh, God. And you tell the person you're with, there's a couple back there, but don't look right now. They're going to know we talk. Just don't look right now. I'll tell you when I look ready. One, two, three, go. And they're like, boom. And they're like, they saw me looking. I'm like, you gave it away. Well, I didn't do that, but that's sometimes what happens, right? He's like, look, but don't look at the same time. Oh, God, you look. And all of a sudden, you're on your honeymoon. And you're acting like this person's your enemy. You're in a beautiful place, doing beautiful things, with a beautiful spouse, beautiful husband, beautiful wife, feeding beautiful animals, beautiful food, beautiful weather, yet you're having the worst day. And here's what I came, I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment. He says, listen, the enemy doesn't care where you're at. He's not concerned about your blessings. He wants to remove your peace. So take your rest away. Because the best meal can be ruined by a bad conversation. Just be eating. Like, yo, this food is so good, but this girl, I'm about to punch her in the face. You know, I, I can't even eat no more. You ever did that? Before? I can't even eat no more. I'm not even hungry anymore. The best meal could be ruined with a terrible experience. T.D. Jakes, the best preacher of all time. You know what he said? He said, listen, the devil would take your car. The devil don't drive. He's after your peace. The devil is after your marriage. He's after your wife. He's after your husband. He don't date. The devil ain't getting married one day. He's after your peace. The devil don't got a job. You let me just hit my job. Get peace in that place. You may have to let some things go. You may have to let go of the weight. You may have to take on humility. You may have to take on. This is what Jesus says. So in 28. He says, come to me if you're weary and burdened, because I got this rest you've been waiting for. Are you desperate for it? And in 29, he says, listen, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So he gives the answer to his question. So how do I get rest? How do I get rest? I came to you. I'm here. I came here with nothing. What's up? And he's like, okay, now that you're here, now I, you, uh, you did your part. Now here's what you got to do. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle. I'm not ratchet. I'm gentle. I don't clap back. I'm gentle and humble. So Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. His first idea, hundreds of people walk away. You know what he said? When someone hits you, turn the other cheek. Man, this guy's crazy. Turn the other cheek. You just do. Yes. Take my yoke because I'm gentle and humble. All authority in heaven, all that Holy Spirit, all that power is used and manifested to being humble and not reciprocating evil but absorbing it and having this mentality that God will repay my enemies, that vengeance is his and it is not mine. Next idea, lay down the weight and watch this, and take up my yoke. Lay down the weight. I'm he it's heavy. See, in church, we're either learning, relearning, or unlearning. If you're either learning something new, come on, we learn something new every day. You probably learn a new song every, every week. You say, oh, I didn't know this one. 
You're either relearning. I remember we started youth ministry. I knew youth ministry, but it was different. I was like, we got to really do everything now. Okay, let's do an interest night. Okay, I had to relearn some stuff. And a lot of times in church, you got to unlearn some stuff. You got to say, okay, that was my old church, but God's taking me to something new. We used to do that. And if I try to bring everything I've been through into where I'm at, this is only going to be a replica of where I was. So you lay down the way and you take up his yoke. What is Jesus saying? Next idea, release and receive. Release and receive. Once you release, you're in a position to receive. Pastor, but I love her. Pastor, but I love this job. Pastor, but my schedule, I mean, nothing goes against my schedule. Once you release, you will open the windows of heaven. What I'm really trying to say is the next idea, remove and replace. The Christian life isn't just removing those old things, it's replacing them. And the reason why some of us eventually get derailed, it's because, yeah, we removed all those bad things. Yeah, because, you know, the church 20 years ago, 30 years ago was all about removing. But this generation is about replacing. So replace those bad habits with good ones. Replace those worship gods, lowercase g's, that have eyes but they can't see. They have ears but they can't hear. They have mouths but they can't speak. And replace it with the everlasting love and the person of Jesus Christ. Remove and replace. Like we have club promoters in here. You used to promote a club. You know who you are in spiritual eyes? A campus pastor. Filling up venues, trying to get more people to these venues. The wrong ones. Now you're in the Lord and you're just, I don't know how to marketing, I don't know how to strategy anything. I just, I'm just, I'm here to receive. No, you got to contribute. You got to replace. You got to take those gifts you had and you got to put them in the hands of the Lord and say, God, would you use me? Wouldn't it be funny if I went to all your houses and all the gifts were still there under the tree? Like, what? Your kids are crazy. I gave them all these gifts and they're still sitting on them. And sometimes that's the church. If God would have walked in, he's like, I gave you the talent of this. I give you the talent of generosity. I give you the gift of healing. I give you the gift of, of just generosity. I give you the, the, the gift to disciple. You have the gift to be a leader. This is an apostle. This is a prophet. This is an evangelist. This is a helper. You're a teacher. And we are sitting on our gifts. Sitting on our gifts. One day next year. At the next next steps. Maybe in 25 years when I'm more free. And when you get to heaven, you know why you and I do that? Because we think when we get to heaven, God's only question is going to be, so what would you think? Like what went on in here? Oh, man, yo, Jesus is dope. I received him. You don't say we here yet. Yeah. Your son is great. That's not the only question. No more questions. Now what did you do with what I've given you? What would you do? What did you do? And Paul says, Paul, Paul reminds the church, because they're so into the world in Corinth. He reminds them, listen, when you get activating in your spiritual gifts and your talents and everything God's given you, I want to let you know something. There is a reward in heaven. You see, old religion says the reward is God's love. So serve, so give, so do, so do, so do, and you'll get God's love. When 
sound doctrine is actually receiving the love of God, receiving his spirit, which equips you to do, to serve, to give, so that when you get to heaven, you'll be given a reward for what you've done. There's crowns for you in heaven, mansions, responsibility, and you will be given based on what you've done. Remove and replace. Jesus says, listen, rest comes my way. I love verse 29. I'm actually watching the team to come up. I want to sing fall because that song just had me booming and bopping. I was just like, we here. I want to sing fall. But I, I want to I read to you verse 29. If you could just stay with us for the next couple moments. and It's so easy to use the bathroom right now. I just want to let you know that. It's so easy to use the bathroom right now because you miss a bunch of stuff. But stay in it. Verse 29, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You see, we think, like in Western civilization, serving Jesus is kind of fun and simple. And I'm not removing the simplicity and the joy out of it, because it's really the best thing we've ever done. If following Jesus is the best decision you ever made, can you show all the people in the room just by a holla and by making some praise? This is just the best thing we've ever done. I, my life is forever changed. It's game over. But if you talk to anybody in the eastern side of the world, so how's following Jesus? They're like, I got to hide my Bible, bro. We can't worship like you. I went just praising God in the streets. I went just praising God in venues in public. We have something called underground church. My dad went on a mission trip once to China, and all the pastors were sitting in a table in a restaurant, and they began to break bread and pass around a cup, and they had to do communion without doing communion. They're looking at each other, hey, man, so this is our body? Of Jesus broken, and they start passing it around. They're like, wait, we're doing communion right now? They're like, yeah, because if, if we do it and they know what we're doing, they'll cook us out. They'll send us to jail. What we get to do that some of us take advantage of is like, can I get another one? I'm thirsty. People are in other countries like, yo, this isn't easy to follow Jesus. This is tough. But in Western civilization and culture, it's all about consumption. Oh, I don't like the way he preached this week. It ain't good enough word. Like, do you really just hear the words coming out of your mouth sometimes? They didn't sing my favorite song today, so I didn't want to worship. Oh, that guy singing? Oh, I know his past. We good. We good. What? In America, it's just too easy. You ask anyone on Eastern civilization what it's like to serve Jesus. It's tough, man. It's hard. It's hidden. This is how we, this is how we see Christianity. Can you put the picture up? We see Christianity like this. You get saved. Jesus is like, all right, man, you're in charge of the ship now. You got the wheel, bro. Come on. Come on, you got it. Woo. He's just massaging your shoulders. All right, do whatever you want to do. I'll bless it. I promise. Do whatever you want to do. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. I'll bless it. And we try to dodge storms that God's trying to lead us through. He's <laughs> like, nope, not that. Not today. Not that conversation. Not, not, not that next step, no, the next season. Not that hope group. People are going to know who I am, and I actually got to stop faking who I am because I'm walking and bleeding, but I'm covering it up with a costume. That's not Christianity, my friend. Jesus says, take on my yoke. 
Can we put up a yoke? This is an animal on a yoke with another animal. We think it's just, oh, my God. And Jesus is down here. Yes, he's the lion in Revelation, but he's also the lamb that was slain. He's down here. And he's saying, listen, you want rest? You really want come down here. I'm gentle. I am humble. Come down here. And let's go through this thing together. Let's do it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be the smoothest ride. But if I'm with you, I can go through the darkest valleys knowing that Jesus Christ is with me. I can go through any scandal. I can go through any storm knowing that the one who loves me suffers with me. Greatest verse for me is Jesus wept. Like he cries alongside of us. Like he's next to you saying, let's do this thing. But what got you here won't get you there. If you don't believe, letting go tonight looks like for you, letting go of the old life and jumping into salvation this morning. For some of you who've been to church a lot, and you've been to church a lot, and you've been to church a lot, and you're still not really the church, letting go means letting go of some schedule changes. Letting go of some relationships that are derailing your life. Letting go, jumping into a hope group and being discipled, jumping into a leadership team and activating your gifts. But here's the thing. Jesus just says let go. Just let go. Just let go.